Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of servant leaders. Those men and women that are out there in the marketplace, in the community, making a difference and making an impact. I have a great servant leader in studio with me, Lady Boss, CEO of Psych Armor, Tina Atherall. Tina, welcome. Hi there. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. I know, I say Lady Boss. I'm like, and I'm like, yes. I gotta give you credit because like, <laughs> your resume is so impressive. Well, I don't know if I ever meant for it to be, so I don't see it that way, so thank you. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, it, perfect into like, what's your background? You know, obviously we didn't wake up and we're the CEO of this great organization. Where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What's your path been like? Yeah, well, I think that's actually a great place to start is that I never yeah. like had that. I think you hear about the person that has the dictionary in their right or the guidebook in their right hand drawer and how to be the CEO or I'm military connected. So it was always how to be the general officer or something right. like that. And I, I think in terms of where I've ended up, it was always out of just the need to be able mm. to serve people at the highest capacity. Wow. So I found myself in this way. So um, where did I grow up? In a very small town of Northern Michigan. So if everyone yeah, could see okay. us, I would be holding up the mitt and I'd be pointing to my hand in terms of where we lived. All Anywhere right, go, from Michigan. Go blue or Spartans? Oh, go blue. Okay, there you go. Go blue, and I have a son that's at the University of Michigan playing oh, lacrosse. Congratulations. So I'm super happy that he went back to the home state. But um, Awesome, making mama proud. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I started off in Michigan, and uh, it was a great place to grow up. I grew up in a beautiful area, very similar to San Diego, in that it was always by the lake. It was a town literally called Charlevoix the Beautiful. Nice. Um, so being in San Diego, it's one of those things where I love – having that outdoor, that environment, and people mm -hmm. who are also enjoying it. So that's just a side note. But my path really is, um, especially as it's related to psych armor, is that I was a military-connected family member, so okay. fell in love with the Marine a long, long time ago. There you go. Um, never anticipated that, even though um, through this work I've learned to articulate a lot more that I grew up um, the granddaughter of a World War II veteran. And there our entire family story was hearing you know, my grandfather share stories over and over again sometimes the same and we'd always be like grandpa we already heard that story grandpa um, we're proud of you yeah, thank you yeah but his time serving in the army mm. was really the highlight of his life and um i never really knew what he did other than serving in the army and truthfully that was a f short four years mm. um so that that i look back now i'm like of course that was my foundation it's something that i knew um that pride and service yeah my father served in the navy again something that i never would have thought about until later now that I'm down this road and uh, married into the Marine Corps family, which I, my first home was Marine Did Corps. Did dad have issue with that at all? Oh. Being a sailor, a Marine, no. mm, honey. Yeah, isn't that funny? Because I didn't learn about that stuff until I got into the Marine Corps and then it became, or, you know, got no, aligned like with thing. the Marine Corps and it became this thing. Right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but Camp Pendleton became my first home. Wow, so, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, which is, again, funny that I'm back here. Um, but I always like to share with people, you know, becoming a family member, and I think it's also important as I, I talk about what we do at Psych Armor, is that I had to learn that community and that system really in order to survive. Because mm. when you're a family member, often the, your loved one that's serving is constantly either forward deployed or training or whatnot, and it can become very isolating. If you do yeah. not embrace yourself in, in the local community, that can be on two sides, in the gate or on the other side of the gate, yep. the civilian 
and community. Um, and I actually loved it. And I thrived having my civilian friends and my own career, but then also having this incredible network and an incredible family within the Marine Corps family system as it, as it would be. Yeah. But to fast forward, after we got into the engagements around post 9-11, my community was adversely affected and we didn't have the things that we needed to take care of our family members. Um, and we had our own um, families that were coming back that were wounded, ill, injured, or even killed. Yeah. And our stories changed drastically. Although we weren't unfamiliar with deployments and that lifestyle, that level of uh, need that our families were requiring was different. Mm. Um, so I had the honor of being a part of a group of uh military spouses aboard Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune, we started a grassroots nonprofit that really, if I say like, we were trying just to get gas cards, we were just getting yep. gas cards for families to get to the hospital or whatever the needs might be. Yeah. Um, so I entered the world of nonprofit without ever meaning to. Okay. All right. Just, <laughs> and just that's grassroots bootstrapping. That's where it started. Yeah. So yep. I always like to say, I feel very blessed that my, my personal narrative became my professional journey wow yeah wow and then and then where did you go to school and what's yeah. your professional path yeah like? yeah well thank you for asking that so yeah. again another another challenge and I think things are different now in the world of technology and the mm. fact that we can do online education but my career progression I had always wanted to be in the medical field and so I had this plan. I was going to go to nursing school, then medical school, you know, pay my way through. Yep. And as soon as I decided to jump on that path aligned with military member, I was moving like every two to three years, right? Wow. So my education kind of stopped and I started family. But when we started the nonprofit, I learned I had a great story, but I didn't necessarily have the skills to match the level of the needs of the people that we were serving. Mm. Um, so I had the opportunity to go back to social work school. It was the best wow. choice ever because for one, it was a profession that I was slowly like, I was doing the work I just wasn't a trained social worker yeah. right everything that we were doing yeah and good for you for you know for having that awareness yeah you know being like hey look I'm passionate with this I think I can be good at it but there's a gap in my skill set right now. hundred percent so fantastic yeah and thanks for recognizing that because I mm. think that is something that I do take pride in um, yeah. and as that went through like I needed to go on to my master's degree and what it actually ended up doing was it opened up a network for the people that I was serving in a way that never would have been there had the social work profession not aligned with me. Because mm. I was often that token family member. Yep. And they would say, hey, wait, you talk like a social worker, you get our world, but you know a community that we know nothing about. How mm. can you help us here? So, right. and just organically, my life started as a, I was teaching people about, here's what we know as social workers and here what, here's what this other world looks like over here. We have a baseline thing yeah. that we say, we have to be culturally competent if we're gonna sit in front of a client. I need to understand your world and best to be able to handle whatever it is that you're going through and guide you through that, sure. right? If I don't understand you, I'm not doing my job. That's the same with military, right? Yeah. If we don't understand that. Yep. So through that became this amazing um, opportunity to be a representative of a profession that I'm very proud of. Um, and then later I did go on for my doctorate degree and that also was a push because I found that I was up against barriers. Mm. Uh, for instance, I wasn't getting the invitation to sit at certain tables, leadership wise. Uh, um, okay. Right? And you hate to say that people look at degrees and maybe they do for the wrong reasons, but then, but once again, it served me well um, yeah. because I think that, that it 
to your point, like I needed increased um, competencies to then lead at the level that I'm doing um, in terms of psych armor at a national table. I have the privilege of working with DOD, VA, um, yeah. large stakeholders. Yeah. I wouldn't have been ready for that had I not invested in that side of education. Got it. Yeah. So, so get your skill set. Fast forward. How long have you been with Psych Armor now? Yeah, a year. I made it. You made it. That's my joke. You survived freshman hazing. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, yeah. In, in share with us, you know, some of the people in our network and in our listeners are familiar with Psych Armor. Yeah. And then there are those that are not. You know, give us the quick bio of Psych Armor. You know, what's the, the background of the company? Sure. And what are the services, you know, that are provided? Absolutely. So, one, I think it's really important to um, honor and respect founders. Um, mm. I was one. Uh, so, I love when the history is told. So, I, again, this being a San Diego story, um, the founder of Psych Armor was a woman by the name of Marjorie Morrison, who is still doing amazing things out in the mental health community. Mm. She really took what she learned at Psych Armor and has scaled it um, in a national civilian model around mental health. Wow. She was the exact opposite story of what I just shared with you in that she was a local um, mental health counselor here in San Diego and not having that military connected story. I grew from it. She came from the other side of the table yeah. and was working with military and in a clinical aspect and realized that she didn't have the skills or the competency that I referenced before yeah. to really serve the community that she was now, you know, having the opportunity to serve. Right. So she started Psych Armor on like twofold. One, the need in, uh, to increase training for mental health providers, but then also to provide clinical support for providers as they were sitting with military veterans or their families in a clinical setting. Since then, five years, like just short five years, and that's the other yep. thing that I recognize, like they had a transition from a founder to a new CEO and hit their five year, their fifth year of growth, which yeah. like less than 43%, I think it is, of nonprofits actually make it their fifth year wow. um, and we did so now I like to say that we have a variety of topics related to military veterans and families so mental health mm. um, employment related you know so anything that has to do like around HR etc cetera, etc cetera. so a variety of topics that hit cross-sector solutions as it as it would be for training around yeah. that particular population got it yeah got it and, and you know you you talk a lot about military culture awareness yes you know san diego is very much a military town yep and there are a lot of folks that are civilians yes you know that for whatever reason you know maybe they're not familiar with the military they don't understand the dialogue they don't understand the culture can you speak to that a little bit i can and and so again i think it's one of those things that i used to think well the military is in the backyard here everyone knows and the truth is, we know that that is actually not true. Yeah. Um, so we've done, um, well, we follow a lot of the research around the cultural awareness in areas that is really, really um, needed. Like mm -hmm. think about healthcare providers and depending on whose research you look at, but we like to rely on some of our partners like SAMHSA. They look mm. at the different systems where there's healthcare providers that are serving veterans. And the, the level of military cultural awareness in a healthcare setting is like less than 18% when it's outside the VA. Right. And that includes here in San Diego. Sure. So one of the ways that we tackle it is we have a staple course. It's called 15 Things Veterans Want You to Know. We asked yep. hundreds of veterans. We said, what are your top three? And ended up getting the top 15. And cool. the, the very first one is, we are not all soldiers. And in a town right. like San Diego, everyone goes, well, of course, there's Marines and sailors. But I can tell you, like, I, so I also teach clinical military social work. I, t I teach at yep. Columbia University. Um, I taught that in a different place. But I, will, I, I cannot tell you how many papers are written soldier, 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 even right. after I've done, like, right. a baseline cultural competency. Uh, rewrite, 
Right. Rewrite. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very important because you can lose respect and trust and that ability to engage just a simple, simple, simple aspect by understanding that there's different branches of service and mm-hmm. knowing how to ask the right question. Yeah. 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 And what are, you know, some of the ways that you engage with the people you serve? Yeah. So if I'm looking at community members, the most beautiful mm-hmm. thing is I think we have done a great job. And I say this as a as a nation, but also San Diego being extremely unique. So it was one thing I wanted to point out is that even before moving back here to San Diego, um, I shared with you before I was in New York City, yeah. which, of course, they actually like to think that they're doing the very, very best. Right. right. They really do. New Yorkers. And I love you, New Yorkers, if you happen to listen to we this. I miss that, you. But, but this is still the finest is, city in America. We looked at we looked at the San Diego model. There's mm. a collective impact here that that is absolutely the hub of how do you build this collective collaborative yeah. effort related to community and veterans, and then now we've extended it, military veterans and families, how do you do that in an effective way to reach not only those that you're serving, but those that also want to serve them? I mean, I'm sure you've seen the data that SD Mac puts out. Oh. It's It's staggering. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's grateful to say, you know, and be proud of, like, hey, this is my community. That's right. It it is. It's the model nationally. And that is so exciting to be a part of. So I think, one, you have to have a concentrated effort, the awareness that that is necessary, but then you Mm. have to put the resources into it. So one of the things that we do do in in terms of education is saying, so you want to start a hiring practice. You say you want to hire or you say you are military friendly. What are you actually doing? to, to right. do, to, what What's are you doing like around that? What does that look in like? Reality. Right. And so on that collective scope, Psych Armor doesn't do it alone. We have mm. national experts and local experts that come on board and they lend their knowledge, their best practices on our platform to say, related to this topic, here's the best practices, now go share it. Awesome. Yeah. You know, you said on your platform, Give us the nuts and bolts about the platform. What yes. does it look like if you know a group or someone's going to come engage with you guys? What's that look like? Sure. The most simplest thing is just going to the website at psycharmor.org. Psycharmor.org, yep. folks. Write that down. Put that in your phone. <laughs> exactly how it sounds. P-S-Y-C-H-A-R-M-O-R.org. And I'd even say if it's a military veteran or family member and they're like, ah. We already know all this stuff. I would say dig deeper because we start sure. off just on the military awareness because it's the easiest conversation. We actually have incredible um, supporters like USAA Foundation that yep. is really invested in making sure that we're building resilient families. So we have an entire portfolio for those that are caregivers. And I would say it's actually for family members. Like, And so some really critical education. But simplest thing is just go online. You start an education portfolio. It's kind of like having your own YouTube channel related to a very specific topic and you can go on there and just take the courses how you like everything's at no charge to the learner which is the nonprofit beauty right. of it um, that's fantastic yeah. so it's like yeah. here's this library of resources yep. of videos mm-hmm. which nowadays you know regardless of learning style I think there's an ease with a video and an ease to consume and grapple and understand yes and it's free yeah, exactly. Great. It's funny that you say that because we're always looking at the truth is like our videos have to be under 15 minutes. They actually have to be under eight minutes. Mm. People can't, they're, they're, they don't stay longer no, than eight minutes. the phone's minutes. pinging, something's happening. Yeah, so we're working with some of our partners that are in this space that have relative training that sit in a PDF and they yeah. realize that their learners aren't learning anymore that way. So we're mm. helping them up their, their online abilities so that they can actually train people um, on the needed things that they need to train 
train on. Uh, like one of them, one of our prize partners is uh, Justice for Vets that have the national model for um, peers in the veteran treatment court. Okay. And they needed to scale that. They could, they were doing it in person. You know how much yeah. it takes to do in person. Instead, they put everything online. We built out the training. Right. Now right. they're scaling it at a national level that they never could if Smart. they were just relying on in person. Yeah. Smart. You know, another thing you said, which I think is really impactful, is education raises a collective consciousness. Yeah. That's profound. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I got to tell you where I came up with that one. Yeah. When I came into Psych Armor, you know, everyone wants to drill in what the mission is. And so it was like critical online resources for community serving. And I was like, wait a second, but what does education do? Mm. And that's what it does, right? Like it, it's it's at that point where if you just sit and watch 15 things, all of a sudden you have an opportunity to sit with someone that you did not have an one thought of what their life, or you thought, maybe you already had a story in your head what you thought like a military member was or a veteran was. And all of a sudden it takes your awareness to a completely different level in which you can sit with another individual and say, hey, I heard this. Right. What does this wait a second, what does this part mean? And all of a sudden you have an opportunity to share um, at, a, at a deeper level than you could before. I always like to say, you know, I'm always looking at social isolation. It's like mm. my obsessed passion around uh, how isolated a, a very connected world can be. Yeah. And this is one of the things, you have to have connection, you have to have belonging. And I truly believe that education is a piece of that. I love that. You yeah. know, I mean, it all starts with the awareness. That's right. You know, like you said, the, the, yeah. the consciousness and raising that consciousness. Yep. To be aware. Yeah. Fantastic. Say a little bit more about the collaboration. I know you have a lot of partnerships, a lot of affiliates. What does that look like? Yeah. So one of the things is we have advisory committees. They come in at a very critical point. So right now we're in the process of there's a, an, a heightened understanding that military spouse unemployment and underemployment is a significant issue, mm. not only for the, the community of military spouses, but as a nation. Like there's a cost, there's uh, you know worry and concerns for retention within the military. So we pull together an advisory committee, not of psych armor people sitting over off Sorrento Valley Road, but of individuals that are doing the work in the community that have the information that are stakeholders at the table and we ask them what do we need to educate on if we didn't have that collaboration if we didn't have that expertise our information would be flat it'd be one-sided it'd be the story we wanted to tell so mm. I just think that the collaboration is is everything um, and if, if you if we didn't have it um, there's there's also a certain level of trust like before I came to psych armor I utilized the courses uh, and the only okay. reason why I did was I utilized them in my classroom yeah. because I saw names and faces on the advisory committees or aligned with certain topic areas that I already had established trust with. Um, so it was like this uh. extended network and I was able to say, okay, if they were willing to give their input and their, their knowledge and their skill and their time, then I can trust the information that I'm using. And I think that's so important. I think that's what's also unique about San Diego is because yeah. people come together. There's You don't find as much you know, going in the corners and saying, this is yours, this is mine, good luck. Everyone yeah. is together sharing and it just builds a really nice community of trust. The collaboration here is unlike anything that I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in the Northeast, love the Northeast. <laughs> but it was like, as soon as you move here, it's like people open doors, people yeah. are just welcome, regardless of what your title or position is. Yeah. How can I help? How can I serve? What do you need? Yes. It's fantastic. It really is. Look at how we met. That's right. One person. One person. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. What are some key takeaways, Tina, that you want our network to take away from 
listening to this conversation, you know, either calls to action or some things for them to actually chew on and think about? Yeah, so I think there's two-sided, especially when I can go right to the mission of Psych Armor. Yeah. If you haven't heard of us, and if you're working in this community, you need to engage with us. You and need to know these guys. For, we, we would love that. Um, we're really looking at two key areas between employers and healthcare in San Diego. Like, we want to be rooted in this community, so mm. please reach out to us. And then I'd also say for our military and our military families and connected families, like, we are also here to support their voice, their needs, um, and we would love to have that engagement as well. So... Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Tina, thank you so much for coming on. Can we twist your arm to come on again in the future? I would love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for all the work that you're doing with Psych Armor. Folks, go check out psycharmor.org. You can also find them on all the social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, LinkedIn. Go connect with Tina personally, as well as follow Psych Armor, but engage with these guys. They're doing some really, really, really special things. And just from this conversation, my big takeaway is, the collaboration they're bringing in the thought and the care that they're bringing with how they interact with our military and strengthen our community. So, Tina, thanks again. Folks, connect with Psych Armor and get out there and rise up.